Well, good morning. This week, as we dive in, I'm excited to share God's word this morning. And, and before we do, though, before we dive right into the text and before we get into all that, um, I, I want to play, and I know we're at home, but that's okay. We're going to have a little bit of fun this morning because I believe truly that Jesus was all about fun as well. And, and so here's, here's what we're going to do. In your family, wherever you're sitting, however you're sitting right now, we're going to play a little game, okay? And here's how it's going to work. I'm going to read a phrase. And at home, you guys have to figure out if it's one of two things. I played this all the time when I was a youth pastor, and I loved it. And this game is simply called Taylor Swift or Lamentations. And you have to decide what one it is. Is it a Taylor Swift lyric or Lamentations? And here's what it is. You ready? First one. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember. The feeling of hitting the bottom. Now, would you say that's a Taylor Swift lyric or Lamentations? I'll give you a hot second to decide. Three, two, one. It is Lamentations. It is Lamentations. Number two, here we go. Walls of insecurity, shifting eyes, vacancy vanished when I saw your face. Is that Taylor Swift or Lamentations? Three, two, one. T-Swift. If you are Swifty, you should know that one. Don't ask me what song, though. I have no idea. Next one. I weep buckets of tears and not a soul within miles around cares. I weep buckets of tears and not a soul, around, or not a soul within miles around cares. Is that Taylor Swift or Lamentations? Lamentations. It's Lamentations. Yes, yes, yes. Here we go. We got two more, two more. The time will come for us to finally win. And we'll sing hallelujah. We'll sing hallelujah. Taylor Swift, Lamentations. What one? What one? It is Taylor Swift. I know, that one threw, threw me for a loop even. I remember, I remember. Here's my favorite one, favorite one. Last one right here, you ready? Listen closely. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. Taylor Swift, Lamentations. If you said both, you are correct. Well done, well done, both, both. But here's, here's a fun thing, right? Like it's a fun game and, and we're trying to decide what one it is. And, and essentially what we're doing is we're trying to discern what one it is. Is it this or that? And I think it's applicable in our own lives. And I think it's applicable in when it comes to the things of, of our world in our own lives of what is truthful and what is not. How do we discern the truth? Like, have you ever remembered or tried to remember? Have you ever had to figure out what was right and what was wrong? You remember that process for you, maybe some of those thoughts and even tensions and emotions? See, last week, Brian talked about hearing God's voice. He talked about listening to the Spirit of God as it moves and it speaks to us. And, and we hear it through many different things. And he shared about some of those things. And one of the things that he shared about is we're going to talk about today. One of the things he shared about is, is discerning God's voice through his word. We have to discern his voice from others around us. 
And it's probably not a surprise to many of us that there are many different shouting voices all around us right now. There's shouting voices from news outlets, from social media, from even our own family of what is right, what is wrong. And we have to discern all of this. We have to discern what is the truth and what is not. But here's something that I want you to remember. I want you to understand. This is going to kind of guide us this whole entire message this morning. This is it. It isn't enough to know about truth. Catch this. It isn't enough to just simply know about truth. We must have a personal relationship with truth itself. It's not simply enough to know about truth, to know truth is out there. In order for us to discern it, we have to have a personal relationship with truth itself. We acknowledge that there's all these sources that we've talked about. There's all these different voices and the tensions of that. But I believe truly that our soul is searching deeply for truth, especially in the times we're in right now. We're seeking for truth and guidance of how to live and and what to do. And essentially, we're seeking for what is speaking to us. And I believe that we must become so familiar. We must become so familiar. It must be so ingrained in us. We have to become so familiar with the genuine truth of God's word that we can easily spot all that is fake in this world. We have to have this personal relationship and a genuine relationship with this so that we can spot all that is fake in this world. Because if we don't, it becomes harder and harder to discern truth and what is a lie. And here's an honest statement is, is we must not just know about God's word and some of what it says, but I truly believe that we have to have this personal, this deep, this authentic and real relationship with it. And I know for some of us that, that might sound a little bit hard or struggle. And for others of us, we hear like he's talking about having a personal, a real and a deep relationship with, with a book. And that sounds a little different, and I, I get it, but, but hang with me here. Because I believe that we must have a personal relationship with this, and I believe that God believes that too. If you don't believe me, go, go, to, uh, go to the first chapter of the, the book of John, and I believe God knew that we had to have a personal relationship, so he had to develop that with us and for us. And, and listen, in the very first chapter, in the very first few verses of John, it says what? And the word of God was with God. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was with God. Like God was there. In the beginning was the word. This relationship was evident. And here's what's incredible to me. As you keep learning and and growing and developing and, and also just digging into this you discover, discover that God sent his word, his son, to live with us. He sent his son to have a personal, deep, intimate relationship with us. It wasn't enough just to know he's out there listening, but God wanted him present with us. God sent his word, his son, so, to us so that we could interact, that we could know and understand his word, his word, his holy, truthful word to the fullest. And we know that his word is absolute truth. We know that and we trust that this is the genuine word of God. I love how Paul puts it as he was writing to his mentee, Timothy. 
Timothy was this younger pastor, and as Timothy was, was shepherding his flock, there was some moments where Timothy just needed some extra guidance. And here's what I love is Paul writes this in 2 Timothy 3. This is what Paul writes, and I love this. But you must, this is, sorry, 3 verses 14 through 17. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You must re remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. This, this scripture right there, Paul is urging Timothy. He's urging Tim, remember these things. You've been taught. You've been shown. They have been passed down from generation to generation to generation. This is his word. Remember what you've been taught. Remember who taught you. Trust that. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, from a young boy, and they've been given you They've given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. He continues on that all scripture, listen to this part, all scripture, if you have a pen with you, if you have your Bible open, if you have a highlighter, if you're on your phone, whatever it might be, highlight, circle, whatever you need to do, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. And it teaches us to do what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. If you look at this, here's something that I absolutely love about this. In certain translations, it says God, that all scripture is God breathed. It is given to us from God himself. Paul here speaks that the word of God is, is God's voice written down through the author's. It's from God. And here's what I love is that it doesn't just say, oh, bits and pieces. It doesn't say some scripture. This is, this is a moment where, where Paul is reminding young Timothy here that all scripture, the very first ones, the ones that were written, written down in, in days and months and years, years and years before him, all come from God. And here's something that we got to remember. And, and I've been guilty of this too. This, this word of God, the Bible, this is not a simple buffet where you get to pick and choose what you like and what you don't like. Hear me on that. This is not just a simple buffet where you get to pick and choose what you like and don't like. It's not to be used to cater to you and what you'd like, but instead, instead, it's used to point you towards the direction you are meant to be living. I think we've struggled with that as as the Big C Church. We've chosen certain chapters and certain passages and certain scriptures that really fit us and we really like and they, they feel good, but then there's those other ones that make us feel uncomfortable, that challenge the way we live, the way we think we, and act. This is not a, a buffet. All scripture comes from God. And Paul's reminding Timothy here, and so when we ask God to speak to us, when we ask God to move in us and, and ask God to show us a direction of how to go and how to live, to guide us in our lives, a lot of times we think that we do that just through prayer. We, we think and we have this idea in our mind that, oh, we go to God in prayer and that's when he will speak to us. But, but hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. Is, is I think prayer is, is absolutely a pivotal part of our faith walk. But I think prayer... Okay? I think prayer should propel us into his word. And I believe his word propels us back into prayer. 
I don't think that our faith just simply grows only by praying alone. I believe that our faith grows with a personal, deep, and intimate relationship with the Word of God and with His Son. And when we read the Word of God, it propels us to a state and a posture where we can fall on our knees and we can pray to God to show us what He's saying to us in these words. And as we get answers in prayer, He goes and tells us, Go back to my word, the trusted source, and I will show you even more. The reality is this. If you want to hear God, if you want to hear God, get in his word. You want to hear God, get in communication with his word, with him regularly. Listen to him. Read, speak, and act according to his word. And here's what's so incredible to me about this is that this word of God, the word of God is, is living and is breathing. And it speaks directly to our situations and our souls. And I discovered something early on in, in my years at, at college. And I discovered this is that I, I grew up in the Wesleyan denomination. I grew up in this denomination that we're a part of. And I walked in and I remember I walked into my first class at uh, Kuiper College. And I remember walking in and, you know, I grew up in the church, so I knew a lot of the stories. I knew a lot about the Bible. I felt pretty good about myself. I had these radical, amazing experiences with God where I, I felt like I heard God speak to me. I heard God move me. And I remember sitting down in some of my first classes, some of the theology classes, the doctrine classes. And here's what shocked me. You hear me on this, right? Here's what shocked me on this is I remember sitting in these classes and I look at my peers and I'm looking and I'm listening and, and we're paying attention to the professor because we're good students, you know, and all of my peers, for the most part, knew a lot more about this book than I did. You see, Kuiper is a Reformed college and my wife, she grew up in the Reformed faith as well and so even in the conversations I had with her while we were in class and dating is, they focused a lot more on, on the knowledge of this book. My peers, <laughs> they knew a lot more of the, the creeds, of the apostles and all these other councils. They knew a lot more of them than I did. And I remember struggling with this. They had this knowledge of his word. See, but for me, I didn't have that necessarily. I knew some of the stories and I knew what they meant and some of the bigger pictures of it. But for me, I, I grew up with more of this emphasis on allowing and feeling the Holy Spirit move me. In worship services, it was more led by Holy Spirit moments. It was allowed more in those Holy Spirit moments of maybe the pastor only preached for seven minutes on a Sunday because the Holy Spirit was moving in the worship service. And I remember the first few times attending um, my, my girlfriend at the time, Courtney, now my wife, her church. And I remember attending there and watching it. And, and, and it, was, it was beautiful because they knew so much of these things. But I also remember the first time she came where I was serving at the time. And it was like different, right? It's like that different, the deer in the headlights of like, what in the world is happening here? And we both had those same experiences because we, we came from different traditions in a way. But here's what was so beautiful about that 
is although I didn't have all this knowledge about God and, and some of those historical knowledge that, that they possessed, I had a revelation from God. I had moments where I felt God stir and move in me and speak directly to me. I remember hearing, knowing, and understanding him in my spirit in ways that I couldn't understand or even explain to people. I remember trusting his, his movement in me, but I had a hard time even trusting some of, some of the word because I didn't grow up in that. And hear me on this, hear me on this. Although I didn't have all the facts, I had a revelation from God. I had a moment where I experienced God in a different way. And I think there's two different dynamics at play with that. First is this, is that I believe that as I sat in this college class, there was a lot of knowledge. Knowledge of the facts. They knew a lot about God and what he did and they could share all of that. Knowledge comes by discovering the facts. But revelation comes by discovering his heart. And I believe, I truly believe that that we need both. And I believe that they are both equally important here. Both of these, knowledge and revelation, are important in how we operate with our faith and how we grow in our faith. And if I'm just being honest, heart moment, if I'm being honest, I feel like as the Capital C Church, we've gotten to a point where we've got a lot of knowledge about who God is and what God's done and we can recite the right stories, and we can quote the right scriptures. But we don't have the revelation to move us from just having the knowledge to living it out. I remember reading one time when Jesus says, go and make disciples. Instead of going and making disciples, we just memorize the verse. That was a convicting moment. Because we have the knowledge of what he says. We know what he tells us to do, but are we doing it? And here's what's so beautiful is that I believe that when we discern truth in life, when we dig into this and when we listen to him talk to us through his word, I don't believe it's a simple passive thing. I believe this is an active thing that we do and we have to do and we have to continue to grow in. It's not passive. It's not just something that you do and everything's good once you do it. It's a continual thing to learn to discern truth as you read his truth, discern his, his spirit, discern his voice as you listen to his voice. Discerning. And here's how I think I've learned how to do it. I've learned how to do this by meditating on scripture. Meditating on scripture. And for me, sometimes that means I'll, I'll read a, a chunk of, you know, verses or a passage and I'll journal about it. Or maybe for two or three days in a row, I read the exact same passage over and over. And each and every single day I ask God, what is something new you want me to know? What is something new you want to reveal? I meditate it. it, it I let it just grow and, and kind of fester almost inside of me, right? Are we meditating on scripture? Are we letting it move from just our heads to our hearts? Are we letting it move all the way through our whole entire life and how we live? Because meditating on scripture and applying it in our lives, that's when it moves from just head knowledge to heart movement. And I think this, this translates to how we live on the daily. 
If you go back and read, go back and read those last two verses I shared with you, verses 16 through 17. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Scripture from God, this word is useful. And I love that Paul lays it out. And he doesn't hold back. Go on and read it. Go on. Like, take a moment. It says it's useful for what? It is useful for teaching. It is useful for teaching. It is also useful for rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Rebuking and correcting. God's word is useful. It's active. And God uses it to prepare us. That's what it says. Verse 17. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's useful so that we are equipped. He prepares us to do his work. And his word, this word, his physical word, is useful to speak to us in life. But the question is, when God speaks to us through his word, are we listening? When we ask God to speak and reveal his will and life to us, I believe that God over and over put, points us back to his word. And I believe that the easiest way to find the will of God is to open the word of God. The easiest way to find the will of God is to open the word of God because it's right here. But the question is, are, are we in this? Are we here? Or are we allowing every other voice to drown this one out? God uses his word to speak directly to us in our situations, our circumstances, in the moments of our lives where we just feel uncertain, and even the moments in our lives where we feel like we are exactly where we need to be on the right path. God uses his word to speak to us. Again, it's not just enough to know that truth is out there. It's not enough to know about truth. It's not enough to just know about this. We have to have a personal relationship with truth itself. We have to personal relationship with his word and with him. And I love what Paul does. As he wrote to Timothy, I love that he reminds him to remember who has taught you. Remember the word of God that has been given to you. I love that as I read even in, in Romans uh, chapter 15, verse 4. I, 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 re, I love that it says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Hope. Scripture, the word of God. It's useful in times in our lives. But here's the reality. I believe that this book, his word, gives us hope. It gives us hope for a new day. Hope for a new revelation, hope for a new life in him. We're reminded that God has spoken to his, his people 
through his word. We're reminded that he continued to speak to his people, the people of Israel. We're reminded that he continued to speak to to his prophets and, and to his disciples and even after Jesus to us today through his word. His word offers us encouragement. Encouragement to keep pushing forward, to keep claiming victory in his name, to, to keep trusting him and his truth above all else. Again, you want to hear God speak? Get in his word. I wish I could show you guys my journal about um, about things that God has spoken to me, just in the meditation of his word. I remember oftentimes of these moments where I thought I knew something, and I'd be sitting on scripture, and God just blew my mind with what he was doing. I remember times where I knew the stories, I knew the passages, but I didn't connect directly with it. That was a moment for me where I, I started to understand that it wasn't enough for me to just know truth, but I had to have the relationship. Not too long ago, I was leading a retreat. It was a retreat for middle school students, and um, in this retreat, we built this prayer walk. And what was crazy is during this time, we were, we were creating this, this prayer walk, and, and we set it all up, and we had over 100 middle school students there and we're, we're walking them through station by station by station and we're walking them through this prayer walk and during this time we're fasting for 30 some odd hours. And, and as, as we are fasting, we're teaching them. We have many sessions. So there's these sessions where we're teaching them about the word of God. We're teaching them God's word that is living and is breathing and it's applicable to us today. And these middle school students, they're sitting there and you can imagine you can imagine, if you've ever been around middle schoolers, if you've ever been around a 7th or 8th grade boy, let's just be honest here, okay? A 7th or 8th grade boy, there's a few things that you start to understand. Number one, they can eat like nobody's business. Anything and everything, they can eat. And number two, sometimes they're not quite sure what deodorant is. But, totally opposite things, right? But here's the reality, we're asking them to fast for 30 hours. And during this time, as we're teaching them and we're going through this prayer walk, we taught them about John 16. And it's this moment where we're teaching them that Jesus is, is about to leave and he's telling his disciples all of this stuff. And he's openly talking to them about he's going to leave, but, but don't worry. I'm leaving somebody with you. I'm leaving an advocate. I'm leaving my spirit with you. And he's going to do incredible things in you and through you. And you're going to see him in incredible ways. And I remember teaching our middle school students this. And as, as right before we go into this prayer walk, we, we got done teaching about this passage. And, and then we send these students out to their different stations and they start praying. And as we're praying, we're leading these students in prayers station by station for specific things. But we partnered with this organization that seeks to provide clean water in Africa. And so we're praying, as we're fasting, we're praying that God would show up in, in a dynamic way. And here's what's so beautiful. Now, I, I will never, ever forget this moment. As we're praying, and we're, got, we're getting done, we're finishing up, and everybody's coming into our, our student center, and we have 
you know, all these middle school students that are continuing to pray and they're ending in this moment where we're all praying together. The partner who we partnered with, the outreach director at the church, comes running in and they have their phone. And they're running in and, and it's literally like, you can picture this moment, right? Like it's quiet and we have the instrumental music playing and the lights are a little low because we're setting that mo moment of, of we're praying and it's a deep, intimate moment with students and God and we're setting this up. And here comes this, you know, director and, and they're excited, but yet there's tears rolling down their face and Kyle, Kyle, you won't believe this. And on their phone, they have this video, this video of the pastor in Africa dancing in a torrential downpour of rain. But here's what's the most incredible part. It hadn't rained in Africa in months. They're seeing their livestock die off. They're seeing family members withering away because they had no access to water. They felt hopeless. And as this pastor in Africa is dancing in the rain, these middle school students are on their knees praying that God, and let me, let me just make sure we get this right, would open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out his spirit to the people in Africa. Hear me on this. God heard the prayers of middle schoolers praying to him and reading his word for 30 hours. God heard and saw what they were doing and God answered. See, they had knowledge. They had knowledge that God had done incredible things before. They had knowledge that God could do what you are asking him to do. They knew that God was listening. They knew that God could do the impossible. And so they prayed and they said, God, help us see it. The world is saying to them, it's a drought in Africa. There's no rain coming. For more months and months down the road, there's no rain coming. They're in the drought season. This is impossible. News is shouting to them. They're saying, this is the truth. This is the facts. But they know a different fact. They know a different truth. And they believe that God would answer and God did the impossible. And they saw it unfold right before their eyes. As they're praying that the floodgates would open, God is pouring out his spirit, pouring out rain in Africa. They saw and they knew that God had done it before and they, they believed that God would do it again. So here's, here's my challenge to you. As we close today, as, as we end this morning, as the band comes on up and as we, as we finish out our service, I have a few questions for you. Number one, do you spend time in the word regularly? Do you have a set time each and every day that you spend time in his word? Are you developing a personal, a deep, and a real authentic relationship with his word? Do you have time that you sit, that you read, and that you listen? Do you spend time with him regularly here? Not just in prayer, but reading his word, reading his truth. 
knowledge of who God is and what he has done and what he can do, it moves us to learn, to grow, and to trust his word. You see, the, the idea of a prayer walk came as we read God's word as a group of leaders. This idea of a prayer walk came and it took time it, for us to read his word, to discern his truth, to tune our hearts to his heart, to tune our, our ears to his voice. And he was leading us and he led us to a place of having a prayer walk for clean water. But it came from taking time to discern what he was leading us and instructing us through his word. But do you also, as you are reading this word, do you take time to meditate, to reflect, to journal and process what God is saying to you? I love writing notes in my Bible. I know some people are really uncomfortable with that. I love writing notes in my Bible of what God does and has done for me. I love hearing stories of when maybe I've gotten the opportunity to preach or, or to give somebody a, an encouraging word of God or an encouraging ver, verse and, and they let me know like that spoke directly to them in, in certain ways. I, I might journal that down. Do you take moments where you journal after you read this? Do you meditate on this? Do you mark it up? Do you have an active relationship where you are talking to God, the living, breathing Lamb of God, the, the Lord of Lords, King of Kings? Are you taking time to meditate on what he has instructed you? What would it look like for you to have a journal, just a journal for your Bible studies? What things has God spoken to you over time that you need to write down? There's been moments where I've been reading and listening to God and discerning his truth through his word and I write something down and it seems so off the wall. But maybe a day later or a week later or even years later, I'd go back and I'd read it and it's exactly what I needed in that moment. But if I never wrote down in the first place, I may have missed it that time. The idea of a prayer walk came months before this event ever happened. Months before the retreat, we couldn't even see the full picture of what this retreat was going to look like. We couldn't even understand the, the desperation of people in Africa at the time. We were just reading together. We were praying together. We were seeking God's voice together. We were discerning all these different avenues that were placed before us of what to do. But through faithful reading and meditating and listening and discerning where God led us, we saw an incredible thing happen. And I'm telling you, here's what's so beautiful is that I still come in contact with some of those students that were there. And they remember that night. They remember that day. They remember the day when they can literally say, like, God answered my prayers right before my eyes. They remember sharing the story with their family and their friends who sponsored them as they fasted to raise money for clean water. Of look what God did. I just think of the faith stories that come from that. If I can challenge you with anything. It isn't enough to just check the box. Isn't it enough just to quickly run through your reading plan 
It isn't enough to just simply go through the chapter a day and shut the Bible after. And I know that sounds really, really harsh, maybe. But I think God gave us his word for something far greater than just to check a box. I think he gave us this word so that we would learn to grow, to listen, and to lean into him each and every step of the way. I loved what Josh shared last week in that last song about inviting God into the processes of life. I love that Josh shared the revelation that God gave him in that. Because I believe that God has given us his word, his truth, to lead us into a place where we can help the knowledge of who he is move from just our heart into our head, or sorry, from our our head into our heart. And it transforms how we live and how we love and how we operate. It's not enough to just check a box. I want to challenge you to lean into this this week, whatever that looks like, to to discover your new, deep, personal, intimate relationship with his word, to get a journal, to meditate on his word. I want to invite you into that. I promise you is that God will do incredible things as you seek to listen to him and tune your ear and your heart to him.